yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, uh. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hit on both cows. This what the people need and what they want now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. Hey, hey, hey. It's the rundown. By the gold lie. It's the rundown. By the gold lie. Bada go lie. Let do. Turn up. We're going down, people, people. What up, dog? What it do? It's your homie, homie. CL. And I'm back on the Rundown Sports Podcast. Gotta know that. And I'd like to thank all y'all for coming. However, you coming. Hopefully, it's from therundown.com. That's D A R U N. D-O-W-N.com, homie, got a noise. And if you don't want to come all the way to the site, you know, you got that iPhone, that iPad, they just got that iOS 8, that podcast app is right there. Scroll through there, look for the rundown, hit subscribe, and if you like what you hear, man, go ahead and give us a rating review. Let us know how we doing, and that'll help us out, because even though that might take a minute of your time, it'll last a lifetime for us. You can also catch it, YouTube, coming soon to Stitcher. Shout out to the boy Uzo Beats. You got another knocker right here, man. Y'all know how I rock when it comes to the beats, man. I'm going to try to do something with this, too. But uh, I don't want to hold the podcast up too much long because I had a lengthy conversation with my guest today, Keith Nelson Jr. of CultureToProve.com. Some of y'all might know him from AllHipHop.com. Really gifted writer. And uh, I had to get him on to come talk some hip-hop Because this is the first inaugural hip-hop podcast for the Rundown Sports Y'all know I like to say the Rundown is the new voice in Atlanta sports and hip-hop I've been holding up the sports side So it's time to do the hip-hop Gotta know it So um, it went so long I had to split it up in a couple pieces Uh, Man, we we talked a little sports But we really got heavy into... You know, the whole hip-hop bracket that Jalen and Jacoby just did where Outkast came on top. And then we started spiraling into what happened to the groups in hip-hop. Man, a lot of interesting things said. Um, I'm going to have a boatload of notes so you can jump around on the topics because we were jumping around all over the place. So I'm going to just help y'all keep up. But uh, ain't going to hold it up, man. Let's do it. All right, joining me today on the Rundown Sports Podcast, I have Keith Nelson Jr. from uh, CultureApproved.com. What's going on, Keith? 
What's going on, man? What's going on, CL Smooth? How's everything? Man, I'm cooling right now. Down here in the ATL. Uh, Atlanta. You know, just cooling it, trying to stay out of the heat. But uh, surprisingly, it's been a little cool over the last few days, man. Okay, okay. Going to be outside with the tranquilectors and the shorts. I got you, man. No more shorts time. It's time for pants. Got to know that. I know you up top. You up in New York, right? Yeah, man. Down. Yeah, I'm up um, down in the Bronx. Right in the Bronx, New York City. Boogie down. It's pretty Cool, yeah, I guess up. I'm bad with geography. I keep forgetting. It's that New York thing. It's that, it's that whole New York thing is that we think that we're everywhere. But, yeah, I'm over here on the East Coast. It's pretty nice over here. All right, man. That's what's up, man. Now, I had to get you on to the podcast because the Rundown Sports is now going to, to expand into the hip-hop as promised to the people uh, way back on episode one. So, what? Uh, I've been... I'm not going to say religiously following your work, but I've been reading you on one of my favorite sites, which is allhiphop.com. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, to get started with everybody, uh, I want you to just give the people a little overview, overview about you know what you're doing right now, you know how you got there, and uh, I got a couple questions about all hip hop. Okay. Um, basically how I got there... Um... As you know, my name is Keith. I've, I've been I've been a journalist writing writing about hip hop since well since I was in high school. Like since I was in eleventh grade, I wrote my first article I ever wrote was a review of Alicia Keys' song, um, "The Diary of Alicia Keys," and it was in my school newspaper. So I still have it. It's some it's somewhere in like one of the one of the vaults. I got I gotta really find it. But it's 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 a good piece. Um, after that, I went, to, I went to Syracuse University for for English and sexual studies. Then out of college, I was broke and homeless because <laughs> that's kind of what's going on in in America these days. But you know, kind of got through it. And one day I saw and I was writing and I started my own site a while ago called JustAir.com. Um, I stopped that after a while, but that site helped me get some recognition, like I started interviewing some people. I interviewed Carly Hustle from, well, formerly of Hot 97, you know, shout out to Carly Hustle. And then I got I got picked up by All Hip Hop because they saw what I was doing. I applied and by the thing, and I, 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 got, I, got the, I got the gig. And it was good. It was good writing for All Hip Hop. For, I wrote for them from January of last year to about... Recently, um, stopped working with them about a week ago. Just wanted to really focus more on culturedapproved.com. You know, my site really wanted to give it my 100% all and and just spread my and just spread my my, my wings. But I thank them for everything they did for me. But that's where I'm at right now. Right now, I'm just I'm really just writing about everything, everything that I see, whether it's video games and hip hop. Just really trying to get into a a, a renaissance of writing. See, if writing was really my thing, I probably could do that. But my stuff comes from audio. So I know people, they see my blog post sometimes and seem like I'm mailing it in. I kind of be doing sometimes. But I just tell them to work with me. I got you, man. You need me to write some things down for the site, you know, I can help you out. One hand, watch the other. But um, what you say? 
I was just saying, gotta know that, man. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, man. Uh, uh, oh, so let me ask you a couple things about our heaven. Did you meet uh, any of the crew there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, me and Chuck, Chuck Creekmer, um, the owner, founder. Me and him, me and him worked together a lot over the year and a half, and he actually, he's one of the major reasons why. Not that I stayed in the stayed in um, working in the industry, but more so why I didn't let it get me down. Because in this game, especially as a journalist, you you get discouraged really quickly when an artist doesn't want to respond back to an email, or your article isn't getting enough views, and you and you know you get discouraged because you don't know how to go about it, and or at least for me, you don't. I didn't know how to go about it, and. Right. And really promote myself, and he was a good dude. He, I met him, uh, some of the writers, Johans, one of the writers, videographer Elijah. I met um, Grouchy, real good, real, real, real good dude, Grouchy. What's up, Grouch? Funny dude. Um, yeah, see, Ilse. Yeah, I met Ilse. I met Ilse. I'm. I'm not going to reveal who he is, <laughs> but I didn't meet him. <laughs> everybody, that's the one question everybody asks me. It's almost like, they ask me, it's almost like um, if if you was Stedman and your wife was, was Oprah. Right. And they were asking, hey, Stedman, <laughs> how's everything going with you? Okay, so, so how's Oprah? What's going on with Oprah? I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm at LC. He's as, he's everything you read from him. It's exactly how he is in real life. All right, I guess that's good enough. Well, uh, maybe we find out one day, but I, I ain't gonna be on. One day he'll reveal it. One day he'll reveal it. He will. I mean, yeah, it took Kane a long time to take that mask off in the ring. <laughs> so maybe someday we'll get LC to come on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yo, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully, but hopefully it's not as dramatic, you know. And he doesn't <laughs> suck after he takes the mask off. Right. Like Kane did, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I could go out day about that. But uh, before we get into oh, the real deal, hip hop. Um, <clears throat> I know you be writing about sports, and I even seen you last night mm-hmm. with the the racial fantasy draft. That had me dying laughing. <laughs> that that yeah. was some classic, uh, some classic Twitter moments. The uh, the Justin Bieber, uh, mm. Johnny Manziel trade. Beyonce for ten years, two hundred million on a baseball contract. Because here's the thing, I don't mean to cut you off, but here's the thing about that. It was that's what I love the most about Twitter. That's when Twitter is at its highest. Like I hate when people use Twitter to try to like judge what's hot, like up to a hundred percent judge what's hot, because Twitter isn't as big as people think it is. But when you use it to just bounce off different ideas. Cause like you said, that that really started from just one person tweeting out something about the racial draft. And literally it was like one thirty two in the morning and people were just going off on just and you just saw so many different ideas that you never would have thought of. Like there was one that I saw where somebody was like, if they trade the last the rights to the last dragon, I'm trading myself and I was like, Yeah, we can't give up the last dragon. But then you start seeing, you really start seeing who, who people value. 
and right. like who people really want. Like I was baffled. I, nothing against Cameron. Nothing against Cam <laughs> at all. But I was completely baffled that people were going. There were people saying that hey, we can't, you can never trade Cameron. Like Cameron is like Mike Jordan or something. Like oh no, you can never. Like he's a boy, you can never trade Cameron. No, that's a no trade. What? If, I'm like, I'm like, hold up. We got to really go off the last 10 years. And nothing against Cam, but I wouldn't put him on any team I had. If if, if, I, if we're going off of who we want to win a championship with, Cam's got to be in the practice practice squad. Yep. He's got to be in the practice squad. Him, Jewels, Jim could be a could be the coach, uh, assistant coach, or the water boy. I don't know, man, but he, he can't be unless you're making moves. You know, but my favorite trade – uh, I won't get too I won't get too much on this, but my favorite trade by far was um, the Beyonce trade <laughs> for like it was ten years for two hundred million and like an option to become the Secretary of State in like ten years. I'm like, cause Beyonce, because the <laughs> thing about it is, is it comes back from the Dave Chappelle skit, right. which was one of the first of all, Chappelle show is probably the funniest TV show. It's number one of me. the last. Oh, well, you know what? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go against that. I wouldn't go against that at all. It's probably the funniest show of. It's definitely the funniest show of the century of the twenty first century. I don't think I've laughed consistently at any other show than Chappelle Show. And the, the genius about the Chappelle Show was that it wasn't always funny. It it, it 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 made you think. So this whole racial draft wasn't just about. Oh, let's see who who could be the the funniest one. Always, it's also about. I right, how can you make certain things. Salient. How can you make these things known? Like I think one of the tweets that I sent out was, uh, "We'll trade you white people. Everything, half of the things we invented, if you stop telling people Jesus is white." So it's like, <laughs> it's like trading things. It's like, it's like, what would you, oh, what would, you, what do you value about your culture, and also what do you think the other, the other side values about their culture? It's, right. it, it, it's like a funny, it's like a fun way. To play with stereotypes without anybody getting hurt. Man, that, that's that, what I liked about that, it. That, I might have to work with you. Might have to do a little post about that. Oh I, yeah, I, man, you know me, man. Day. I like because that that was a good one, man. So, but all right, <laughs> let, let's talk a little sports and then we can get moving. Uh, first, do you got a favorite NFL NBA team? Yeah, man. All day, every day, St. Louis Rams, man. St. Louis Rams. We coming for the NFC West title and. In the NBA, of course, I mean, I'm in New York, and there's no way, you, you can't be born and bred in New York and not have some love for the Knicks. So, the Knicks, of course, I'm riding and dying for the Knicks. All right, so how you get to be a Rams fan? Uh, well, in the 90s, I'm going to keep it 100% honest with you. See, uh, I'm going to keep it real with you right now. In the 90s, I was one of the biggest bandwagon kids ever. I had no morals. I had no loyalty. <laughs> I had nothing. I, I was. I would jump from team. I was. Of course, I was the Bulls fan because in the nineties, because of one reason, Michael Jordan. Once he left, I was. In, I went through a, a weird two-year phase. I didn't know who the fuck I wanted to like. Like, wait, can I curse? Yeah, you good? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know who I want. I, I didn't know who I wanted to to like. Then ninety-nine came, and I'm a guy who likes offense. I like wide receivers. I'm a, I like wide receivers, like jump shooters. I like things that you have to really, you can get the most out of it by doing the least. You know, you you shoot a jump shot from behind the arc, 
you get three points instead of two. You you throw a pass, you just throw a pass. You can get six yards instead of running it and getting ten. I like I like that. That's the kind of teams that I like. It's a team that use the most, do do the most with the least. And the Rams, I was I just read an article about the Rams '99 season. They were the greatest show on turf. It was fun every mm. single game. Okay, like so, watching Marshall folk, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm about to say that Kurt Warner, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, Tanya. Ooh, I Hakeem. I, I, mm. I see what you're saying now. Uh, I ain't gonna jump on you for being a bandwagon because I say you got to you about 18. Once you're 18, mm-hmm. you got to make a choice, and after exactly. that, you're you're a disgrace. I like that rule. I like that rule. We should definitely have a rule on when you have to make a team, because and it should definitely be the same age as when you're allowed to smoke cigarettes. Because I feel like <laughs> once you're allowed to smoke cigarettes, or you're allowed to go to the army, you're allowed to put. More than just your life on the line. You put your whole sports credibility on the line. And I've been a Rams fan since 99, so I didn't stop. And anybody who knows football knows that if you're a Rams fan in the last 10 years, God bless your soul. Like, Yeah, so you wait, hold on. What, I mean, cut you off, but you're right about that. So let me just ask you, what you going to do with Sam Bradford? You going to get another quarterback? We're going to let away? that man go. We're going to let that man go. We're going to trade him for... And right, if we if we doing a, a a real draft or a real real sports, we gonna trade him for like some, a, a draft pick. We probably gonna trade him to like the Jaguars or or not the Jaguars because they got a quarterback. Probably trade him to like the um the Vikings or something where they got yeah, a quarterback yeah, too. Damn, I say you probably they try Arizona. Or, uh, yeah, no, nah, but they got that backup dude, that dude who's working right now. He about to take Carson Palmer's spot. I don't know so we might just trade him. For, he he's a career backup. He's not gonna last. Yeah, he's a so we 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 definitely gonna trade him. We definitely need to because you can't have that. Like I watched my dad hurt every game being a Jets fan because Chad Pennington was soft as, was selfish eggshells. <laughs> and you might think eggshells are hard, but you put a foot on that, it's cracking. You know what I mean? Like, that shit is that we can't have that. This we had him. He was he was. Injury prone when he was in Oklahoma. He was injury prone when he got out of Oklahoma. And I injury prone. Like, he's just injury prone regardless. And it's, I don't think I've watched a, a full season of him playing football for us and, and felt like he's the guy since his first year. His first year was his best year when he got us to the playoffs. And we almost, well, I think we almost got to the playoffs. And, he, and we just missed it by like one game. Because of one game, we might have missed it. But, we letting that man go. Yeah. Who's your team? Who's your team? Yeah. My team is the Saints. I ride or die with them, with Drew Brees, Sean Payton, uh-huh. Mickey Loomis, the trifecta. Uh, Ooh. I, I believe it when it's when it's right top down. Now, I'm not a bandwagon guy, but uh, originally I'm from Michigan, and mm. I was a Lions fan for a real long time. Still am, but when I moved down to Atlanta. I'm kind of the guy when everybody's going right, I'm going left. So okay. I didn't like the Falcons. And the year I was supposed to come move down here, uh, Falcons lost in the Super Bowl. And I was like, nah, I can't deal with Ooh. no team that loses Super Bowls when I'm supposed to go down there. So it's like <laughs> just so many different things steered me toward the Saints. Um, and then I had one guy that got drafted who I thought might have been a cousin of mine. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go all in on the Saints. 
This is during Aaron Brooks years now. This is not during the Drew Brees era. This is during Aaron Brooks, Jim Hasley era. So I've been oh. through the struggles. I've been riding when it was bad. So to have Drew Brees, Sean Payton, the offensive wizard, uh, I feel like we can't we can't really lose if the defense come up. So that, that, that's where I'm at on that, man. But uh, everybody knows on the podcast about how I feel about them Saints. If not, y'all can go back about three podcasts. Y'all listen to that uh, that week one. Now, uh, I seen right before you left uh, All Hip Hop, you was writing up on the Ray Rice situation. Mm-hmm. Um, all these new details coming out. You got the the outside the lines report. And what it sounds to me like is Ray Rice is caught up in some double jeopardy type situation. Yeah. And the NFL trying to, you know, stomp out the fire and, you know, pretty much got burned. So I'm thinking he might have a real chance at getting back in the NFL because they did it once and they're not going to get to do it twice. Mm, yeah, you know what? That's actually very true. I have the same opinion. Like I wrote this article on culturedapproved.com called <laughs> The Next New. I have to make sure I say that because the, the D after cultured is very important. Uh, called the next new, and I just basically said that Roger Goodell, he's he's, he's getting fired. He's getting fired because hmm. the main the main reason he's going to get fired, and I have very little doubt that he's going to get fired. And I have doubt. I mean, I mean, I say I doubt because the recent events and how these pe- and how they're wording it, how the NFL has been doing their little PR shit, it, it's making me think that the owners might just acquiesce. To what he, whatever Roger Goodell wants, but he's going to cost them money. Mm-hmm. He's going to cost them a lot of money because here's what the here's what the, here's what happened with with, with the um, Ray Rice thing. Besides just the double the double jeopardy is that right there is horrible because you've already admitted that he you think he you think he lied to you. They said that oh Ray Rice wasn't his his answer wasn't wasn't clear and it, it was a little ambiguous. So you, you, you're, you're admitting that you fouled, you punished the guy for hitting his wife and you didn't even have clear information. You didn't even have clear information and went through with it. And then you saying that you didn't see the video, which is the only thing. The video should be the only piece of evidence that should be even taken into consideration. Ray Rice's testimony should be like, okay, yeah, uh-huh, cool. We'll see. We'll see. And then get the video. Right. And, then with, and then with the NFL, Roger Goodell trying to make all these crazy excuses like, oh, it would have been illegal for us to ask for the video, which was proven to be wrong. He said it on TV. That's illegal to, to, to ask for footage during the like during a police investigation, and it's like, then how did TMZ get it? Right. Like how did how how did TMZ and the TMZ guy asked him? TMZ guy asked him at the press conference. He was like, uh, "How did you? How did we get it? And we have one guy on on, on the um on, on on the story, and you guys have a whole department that deals with this kind of stuff. Right. Like this is that shows that you you know, and then the, and, they didn't and then the double jeopardy is. 
They didn't want to know. They didn't want to know. And the double jeopardy happened because of the Baltimore Ravens. Because the Ravens, the reason, the Ravens, to me, especially the owner, now that we found it out, we, we hear a report from OTL that the Ravens owner actually saw the video too beforehand. So now, we're, so now we're finding out that everybody saw the video. Now we're finding out that there was, everybody saw it. The owner saw it. The NFL saw it. What, what, what I'm starting to see is the reason that he went, that Roger Goodell went back on his suspension of Ray Rice so quickly was not just because of the public outcry and everything, not just because of the video leak, but because the Baltimore Ravens basically were like, yo, we were in this together, but you told us this shit wasn't going to come out. Now that it's come out, we got to cover our asses. Because remember, remember, the Ravens cut him before before the NFL did the whole indefinite suspension. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the Ravens informed the NFL what they were going to do. So that phone call was probably like, "Yo, Goodell, we cutting this. We cutting dude. We tried to keep him because we know that he makes money for us and everything. We know that with we're a better team with him, but we got to cut dude because we going we going to lose a lot. We going to lose a lot keeping this dude. And then when they heard that, they're like, "We got to go back on that thing too." When it's like, whoa, 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 you going back on what? You always punish them. You always punish them. There's nothing new. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new that he told you. You guys didn't do your job. So that's just bullshit on that on, on that end. And and it's, it sucks. The worst thing that it sucks is that now we have to sympathize with a woman beater. We have to sympathize with a man a, a little it. bit. A little bit. We have to sympathize with a man who struck his wife twice as a football player because the NFL didn't do the right thing. That's the that's the biggest that's one of the biggest tragedies besides Jay um Janae Janae Rice getting hit is the fact that the NFL made it so that we're now sitting back like they fuck Ray Rice over. When well, we should they be thinking that we should be thinking, oh Ray Rice deserves everything he gets that's bad but now it's like hold up. If you're gonna if you're gonna punish the guy, at least do it correctly. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, just just take one stance on it and just kinda go from there. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna say this and we're gonna wrap up on Ray Rice. Uh my thing is and I just heard this echo through one of my last podcasts with a J.R. Gamble is the NFL is not really in the personal recovery business. You know, they're about that check. And the one thing that I think people are forgetting about is Brandon Marshall. This dude like mm. a few years ago had a few domestic violence incidents you know some police called out to his crib down here in Atlanta and come to find out this dude has some real mental issues and since then has become a spokesperson for people to get more educated on their mental health the NFL needs to start investing in recovery of people that might have mental illnesses and those who might be struggling with drugs like Josh Gordon and that's the angle that I think the NFL should be trying to stand on instead of like we won't stand for this or won't stand for that. Let's start fixing people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't, I don't want to go ham on a tangent. But uh, you got something to say on that? Yeah, you, no, oh yo, what, uh, you, no, no need. There's no need to hold back on that because what what needs to be done is exactly what you're saying because we live in. It's not even just um, the NFL. This is. A, an American society problem, mm-hmm. an American society problem where we don't help people, we just punish them. That's we put them in, a, we put them in a jail cell, and we tell them stay there for a while, right. and then come out and be and be different, you know, be better. 
It's like it's like when you punish, it's like punishing the kid, telling the kid to go in their room. They come back out, and you're like, okay, are you are you you changed, right? How the hell did the kid change? All you did was put him in a room. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know what I mean? Same thing with the Ray Rice thing. Like he got he got this pre-trial, this pre-trial um intervention program that like one percent of people get. Right. When for, for domestic violence things, that's not helping. You're you're not helping him by giving him extra leeway. Now, I'm not trying to say put him in jail or anything like that because he he's getting help. He is that pre-trial um, prevention program is going to help him. But at the same time, it's like, why isn't there an NFL program? Yeah. Why hasn't there been an NFL program on that? Why is it? Why is it that? Because this isn't the first time. This is the first time that a, 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 a athlete struck his wife or has been accused of 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 um domestic violence. Because you know what happened with you know what the MLB did right when this Ray Ray thing came out. They was like, oh shit, let's let's review our domestic violence um guidelines. Yep. Do you know why they did that? Because they're like, if it happens to them, it can happen to us. The MLB is the only is the only one of the big three that hasn't that didn't. They have a controversy this year. The NBA had that Donald Sterling crap, and they had, and then they recently just had the Danny, whatever that Danny Ferry dude. Yeah. So there. they had to rethink their whole racial, you know, racial PR, and now the NFL got this. So the MLB is smart. So what the NFL should have did was been like, whenever they saw athletes hitting their wives, whatever they saw that happen, should have went back and be like, hmm, let's make a. Let's make some let's make some precedents. Let's make some some new guidelines because the fact that there was no rule in place for us for how many suspensions a, a player can get for hitting his wife is just stupid. When there's rules in place for there's rules in place for how many for how much time a, a player can get for smoking weed, but there's no rules in place for how much time a player can get for hitting his wife. Mm. Like I, that doesn't make any. And I understand why because the NFL used to be heavy on like drugs used to be. I remember the. I forgot what Steelers team did this, but one of the Steelers teams back in the days admitted that they were like half the defense was on coke when they won the Super Bowl, yeah. like the day they won the Super Bowl. So the NFL has been dealing with a big drug problem for a while. So I can understand why you, why this stringent rules on on weed, but there needs to be change. There needs to be programs in the NFL, not outside, not helping out with getting them into these free programs because of the law and shit. I mean, in the NFL that can help these players to show to show people that we're actually helping our people right all right man we uh we kind of run a little long now you still got a little time for me because we st- i still want to talk i got time i got time man all right now uh, i think we're gonna cut this one off and we just gonna do all hip-hop side of the session so everybody y'all stay tuned for part two <laughs>